Hi, welcome back. Hi, TV. So I'm sure you guys have seen what's been going on around the world. So what we have seen is, of course, last week, let's clap it up for Canada. You guys legalized weed. I mean, congratulations. You know, how does it feel? Honestly, if you guys are Canadians out there listening, send us a DM, send us a message, you know, we'll maybe uh, post it on a story or something along the lines, you know, like we want to hear what it's like in Canada right now. But anyway, back to what I was saying. So we're seeing Canada being one of the first major, you know, nations to legalize weed. And, and it really is the domino to see how the rest of the world was going to fall. And people thought that maybe Canada would do it and then it would stall and wait a long time till the next country does it because they'll all be watching. But no, Mexico today, folks, said it's unconstitutional not to allow your citizens to be banned from smoking cannabis. It's against their human rights. And that's kind of an amazing stance for Mexico to take. And I wonder if the reason why this happened now in Mexico is because, you know, maybe Canada did it, so it won't be as bad if they do it. Or did it happen because is there a chance that the cartels, well, is there a chance the cartels have an influence in politics and maybe they wanted it to become legal? Because if you think about it, they were saying the major battles that made, you know, cannabis even stay illegal when we, we were shifting the tide towards where we are today were, of course, law enforcement, the big industries, you know, you, you know them already. And also those who profited major on the illegality of weed. So what happened was, I guess, just like how the pharmaceutical company is stalling, you know, 50 state legalization or legalization in state by state. We are see we have seen that done, maybe, I'm just speculating, of course, as a podcast for entertainment, that, you know, cartels did the same until they are not ingratiated into the legal market. They now are, you know, dominating California, support various companies, and are doing quite well in legalization, as they should as an organization, you know? Kinda. But <laughs> the point is point is, folks, we are seeing a shift, okay? We've seen Thailand, the first Asian country to legalize medical marijuana. I mean, Asian country. And the reason why that's amazing, because we see this cannabis ideal idealistics. So so much more as a Western, you know, dude type of thing. Like, you know, like people in the West, they, they smoke weed. That's how it's America. Right. And it's amazing because even the UK recently has now legalized medical marijuana and things are definitely, definitely changing. We're seeing major companies uh, such as Aurora have access to Poland. They'll be uh, exporting medical marijuana to parts of Europe. I'm, this is amazing, folks. And we're now also seeing an Asian country. So it's an unprecedented time. And I think the proof is in the pudding, man. The proof is in the pudding. This guy. <laughs> The shift is changing, okay? The tide is, it, it's a complete shift. And as I was saying earlier, people thought that when Canada did it, it would not react. You know, people wouldn't react as they would. And they thought the domino would be pushed and all the rest would stay up fine. But that's not what happened. It looks like Canada went and the others followed. And the U.S. is sitting here just watching it happening. They're making sure they make their plan the right way. I mean, who knows? Maybe in Donald Trump's last year, he'll go ahead and legalize cannabis because his whole agenda is to be a nationalist, right? And trying to be as objective and as, as un, and, and as uh, unbiased as possible, you know, towards not liking a guy just for, you know, journalistic sakes. What is the possibility that, you know, Trump can 
Oh, uh, but yeah, got got uh, distracted again. So, so what I'm saying is this: this uh, president really wants to have a nationalistic approach in improving the economy, and he's not worried so much how people take how what he says politically as racist or whatever. He's just focused on making sure he's viewed as a businessman by improving the finances of the country. And I think that's what his goal is. And that's what he pays people big bucks in order to help him do. So that being said, legalizing cannabis would be a big thing economically for the country because they'll be able to cross state lines. They'll be able to shift, you know, uh, focus, you know, law enforcement saves money. The taxes can be generated. I mean, the national debt can be lowered. You know, who knows? It could be even a major export. America could be the leader in cannabis. And then they lend their helping hand and expertise in what they learned here in America and other places around Europe. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably the best thing that could happen is legalization. Will he do it? Will the next president do it? Who knows? Is it happening next week? Probably not. But we are still seeing a major, major shift. And I wonder how and how far this will go. Cause where we see a whole world, you know, absorb cannabis, they all will create their own unique culture as we have created our own culture with weed, such as, you know, blunts being a thing I only see in America, not really in Amsterdam or in Jamaica or other places where I see weed prevalent. But uh, so what's going to happen in Thailand? What is Thailand going to create? We don't you know that the Thailand has the Thai sticks. We know that they have those kind of, you know, very thin uh, bl- uh, joints. It's amazing. Who knows? And I honestly am going to be very, very amazed. Like just as we have restaurants here in America that are fashioned with, you know, Italian themes and international themes. What if we have dispensaries or shops that kind of has this also an international theme? Because you have to think about it, folks. A lot of dispensaries that existed prior towards legalization in their state. Chances are they legalized for the very purpose of providing medicinal medicine. And for that reason, they're not going to have the branded, you know, type of ideology that other businesses may have because their whole goal was to provide medicine. But now that legalization is here, excuse me, now you can take a much different branded approach. Now you can be a bit more, you know, open and not have to be as professional and, you know, medical grade. You can have fun with it. And that's what we're going to start to see, I think, especially with this uh, exp- expansion, rather, of medicinal marijuana in different countries. Because you know that even if it's taken as a medicine, even if it's only legal in the UK for medicinal reasons, it doesn't mean that that medicinal weed won't end up in the hands of the people, you know, in the UK and taking it non-medicinally, right? That's just how the cookie crumbles, right? And chances are they might just smoke the cannabis and still ingratiate that culture. So even if it's just medicinal people, I don't know why I'm uh mis- mis- saying my words, excuse me. Even if it's just medicinal, Chances are the culture is still going to build around it and we're going to have a international, you know, cannabis feel. I mean, I, that's maybe something that only those people who are deeply ingratiated in, in the cannabis industry think about. But that's what I see, you know, and I see, you know, people around the world being able to get their medicine, you know, as they should and and getting treated the proper way with a plant that's much more natural than the extracted versions. You know, speaking of which, epidiolects. Uh, seem to have now made available in the U.S. their medicine. As reported on Instagram, I did tell you guys it was $32,000 a year. Now, people are saying, well, I did research and it's around the same price of other epilepsy medicine. And you may be correct in that, sir. However, what you have to look at is 
the availability of CBD in other means. You know what I'm saying? So you can go to your smoke shop. You can go to your buddy who maybe grows and makes his own tinctures. Shout out to that guy. You're the goat. And you're going to get it at much cheaper rate. And chances are, if you have, you know, epilepsy and it needs to be treated, you're not going to want to spend that much money on Epidiolex. And I know, of course, the insurance money pays it. That's why the pharmaceutical companies are doing so well. They're going to make a product that's extremely expensive, more expensive than it has to be, because guess what? The medical insurance has to pay. It's a business where the money is almost guaranteed if they are insured. You know, no, it's guaranteed if they're insured. So honestly, it, it, it just kind of show it, it just shows you what happens when money gets into a pure compound like CBD, right? Something so natural, so of the earth. And when it becomes processed, it becomes, you know, instead of being maybe a $50 or a hundred dollar tincture, it now becomes a $2,000 item, you know, like how much will you pay after insurance pays? Probably not 32,000. That's for damn sure. But the point is folks, that's how, that's what happened. And that's what's going to continue to happen in the industry. In other news, MedMen forgot there's a new show. I kind of went in on a rant just now, but, uh, MedMen, uh, decided to try and get a trademark on cannabis they filed this in october and people are speculating whether medmen will get the cannabis trademark can could you believe one company can own the word cannabis so you couldn't be you wouldn't be able to use cannabis in your packaging anymore because they're owned by medmen and you'll be you know in violation or at least that's how i think it works but the, the fact is, um, it's just crazy that companies can now try and own the word cannabis. So what people are saying, as I read on uh, MJ Biz Daily, they think the federal government would just throw out the case because they're not going to allow one company to own such a word, you know, such a prominent word for it. It's like someone owning the word beer. Like you can't call your beer beer because I trademark beer. But, uh, yeah, man. So, and, and other news, uh, what else happened today? What else happened? Uh, we had the lawsuits. So I was telling you guys in a podcast that never got posted because of in physical, physical and te- technological issues that there's a, uh, there's a glory in Colorado, right? And you had neighbors, well, you know, in Colorado, people have homes that they make into grow operations and it's in a residential area. So things will happen, you know, because it's in that residential area. What happened, folks, was they're growing, you know, great weed, right? A vast amount. Now, when you're in an official growery, chances are you have an older management system. These guys probably didn't have one, or if they had one, it wasn't strong enough. And that pungent smell leaked into the residential areas, and they said it made their house value go down. Now, if you bought a property all for the purpose of, you know, flipping your money, and now maybe the house is worth less than what you got, you're probably going to be upset. You're going to say, all right, maybe if I ban this from happening, my house value will go back up because there's no more weed smell. But... And honestly, it was a frivolous, uh, lawsuit. It wasn't going to hold any weight and it, it gladly got thrown out, you know? So they're going to be allowed to grow there. They're in their own rights because cannabis is legalized and, you know, whatever laws happen in Colorado. But people were fearful because they're saying if, if such a law can happen 
you know, for such a minor case, what other laws can persist? Because you got to understand it's a money opportunity. If people can now sue you because when it rains, the sidewalk in front of your store gets slippery, then you have to take care of that. Because if one person can sue you and win, other people will be lining up ready to have their braces and the neck braces in the back pocket waiting to slip. So with that being said, we were worried that this lawsuit could potentially mean much more, you know, tic-tac lawsuits for cannabis companies in the future. And thank God it did not go through. Uh, also, we have. In other news, we have Las Vegas. Planet 13, the world's largest dispensary, is now open. Yes, this dispensary is over. 16,000 square feet for just the dispensary and 40,000 square feet for the campus overall. Now, what they're saying is they want this to be a tourist attraction and they expect about 2,000 people a day. That's a whole lot of customers looking to buy weed and that's a whole lot of weed that they're pushing out of that store. Now, if you're guessing how much would it cost to build such a massive, massive dispensary? 7.5 7.5 million dollars. Now, I don't think this will be the biggest for long. I think it's like an Empire State Building type of thing. Remember when the Empire State Building was the biggest building in the world? Oh my God, the Empire State Building. Such a marvelous, uh, exposition of technology. <laughs> you know, we were amazed by it. But years later, we, we built bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, don't let my skepticism or cynicism take away from how magnificent planet 13 is because they have floating, you know, orbs around when you walk, they have responsive floors, you know, they have things where I think they're hoping people would get high and then enjoy being in there. So I think that's kind of where they're going for right now. Cause they're saying they're going to have concerts and they're going to have, uh, uh, wine tasting, cannabis, wine and beer tasting. They have an abundance of things. So what I think they're really trying to do is expand on the cannabis entertainment sector. Cause that's something not, not many people have done, but in the guise of Las Vegas, that technically has not allowed social use will now be able to have high people in here because there'll be wine tasting and things of that nature. So it'd be very interesting to see how it turns out. And I myself would like to go, you know, It'd be great to take a flight out to Vegas and just give you guys some content about how it looks to be in the world's largest dispensary. I mean, this thing is massive. 16,000 feet for a dispensary and then an entertain, a cannabis entertainment complex. I don't even know that could exist. And that's what is in, you know, the con- it's amazing. It really is. I just, I, I, I posted on Instagram, showed you guys what it looked like and you'll watch a few videos and get a feel for how large it really is. And I think that could also be a space to hold a lot of events as well, especially cannabis events. So, I mean, good job on Las Vegas parts. I mean, uh, no understanding that they're a tourist city. So putting money in together because, you know, someone who works with laws, a politician is like a co-CEO. So, of course, that's how he made that happen. Decided to put it together because it's a tourist attraction and people will go to Vegas and make sure that's in their itinerary. Well, good job. If you're in Vegas, go down, enjoy. Let us know how it is. Moving on. And for the last story, one that's a bit more close to home. As we posted on Instagram, might not have been the most liked picture, but it was definitely needed. Here locally in Florida, we voted for cannabis to be legalized medicinally. Just like the rest of the world, I believe South Florida or Florida overall would like to participate and have the privilege to get their medicine. 
Now, it's not to say that Florida has not allowed MMJ patients to get their medicine, but they have made it very difficult. Now, here's the deal. So in a place like Miami, where Miami is generally a coastal city, and as you know, coastal cities are much more diverse, there's more opportunities, you get it. It's by the water, port ships, equals business, boom. So because of its liberal nature, Miami kind of exists on its own, doing its own thing. You know, and that's why we see cannabis so embraced by the Miami or by Dade County, a.k.a. Miami. However, if you go a little bit up on the 95, which is the road that takes you into Broward County and West Palm and Deerfield Beach, you would see that it's not as easy to get your medical marijuana. In the county, very much near the, I don't want to mess up the name, the school shooting here in Broward County, where I live, it seems like those who have a hand in the pot of the health industry do not want to see cannabis proliferate. They don't want to see it grow. They don't want to see it dominate without them having their hands in it, okay? That's what I think. Well, at least I'm speculating. So what's happening is they have these counties around Florida, right, who they allow they have to allow cannabis to be legalized medicinally. But what they do is that they say they're banning dispensaries to be in their city because they're waiting, you know, they're planning to see what's the best way to do so. So it's almost like someone saying, yeah, I'll pay back your money, but I'll, I, I, I gotta go do something first. I, I gotta go to church, you know, like a, a bogus excuse that you're kind of squinting your eye at, but you kind of let pass for some reason, but that's what's happening. And it seemed like they were going to temporarily, ban dispensaries but it seemed like those temporary bans have become permanent and here's the reasoning folks they're saying that listen where you have cash businesses you have an increase of crime now all of you guys who have a netflix a netflix subscription i don't know why the hell i just butchered that word but any of you guys who watch netflix and have netflix or bumming off somebody else's netflix let's be honest and have watched ozark you get this excuse that they're saying where in the show ozark one of the characters is a you know criminal full-on criminal or like the whole nine like super criminal and he only works in businesses that deal with cash you know like strip clubs and things of that nature right because it allows the crime to to persist with money laundering so that being said that's what they're saying is fearful if you bring a dispensary in i don't think they understand what a dispensary is they don't uh, you know because you have to understand florida's population is one factor and it's also the ideology of the whole of florida so back to what i was saying miami is very liberal the rest of florida is not just a small drive up to 95 you will see that the once blue ideology and cap has now shifted to red now Florida's in the deep south, so it's not a surprise why it's the deepest south there is. I mean, let's be honest. You have the Key West that's right across the street from Cuba, you know? <laughs> not literally, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. But the point is you have, you know, majority of Florida that is, you know, conservative. And for that reason, they're not so open on cannabis. You know, I, I think the younger, the younger conservatives definitely are. But for the older, they come from a reality. They come from a reality, excuse me, where cannabis was not acceptable where cannabis was deplorable you were a renegade okay you were not a stand-up citizen okay you were a reprobate if you were a smoker of cannabis it is crazy how you know they used to think back in the day 
and how crazy it is now. So for them, this new reality is just like the world is going to shit. Now we're all smoking weed and they're going crazy. You know, it, it happens. And I, I understand it. You know, it's just you come from a different reality where it's hard to accept change. And we come from a reality where we view cannabis in this positive light. So we can't understand why they think this way. So you combine how the voters think and how the politicians have to appeal to these older voters and want to keep their seat, right? What they have to do to make them happy. Then you're also taking the fact that Florida is where older individuals come to relax. This their last few years or well, that's kind of, that's kind of harsh. It's their last few decades, you know, on the planet and they want to enjoy it in paradise. And of course they should enjoy it in lush greenery and palm trees but it's going to be very hot. And, and that's great. And because of that reason, and the older population is going to need a lot of health care. So the health care business have been drinking up this old people smoothie. That's very weird. But yeah, you know, sometimes we like take a hit of the vape pen before a podcast. You kind of say crazy things. But anyway, the point is health care in Florida is a big business and they do not want to lose out. Now, when you have, like I said, a business that has been very stable and growing because the population of uh, Florida is growing, including those who are native to Florida and those who move into Florida who are older and want to retire here. Yeah. So the population has been steadily growing. Therefore, they're making more money with health care. We see pop- hospitals pop up left, right and center. Now, for that reason, they don't want to see a plant like cannabis do all the things that maybe their few pill, the few pull, the few pills do. Bear with me, folks. As you know, I'm not doing podcasts every week as I used to, so I'm a bit rusty. That's like every episode excuse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So you have to understand, you don't want anything that's going to shift the status quo. Okay, you want to make sure that your business is healthy, and that's why these people who run the healthcare business in Florida, maybe it's the Koch brothers, who knows, that's saying, look, we're gonna invest in this business called Sutera and that's going to be our cannabis company so we can offset whatever losses we have from cannabis. And if you think about it, if a woman is 89 years old, she goes into a pharmacy, what do you think she's going to do? She's going to walk to the back of the pharmacist. She's going to ask her, she's going to give her the paper that the doctor, you know, gave her, you know, doctor, right? Too small. And she's going to get back between six and eight pills, maybe even 10 to 12 if it's, you know, chronic. And you have to think about it. You can't be ingesting so much pills. It's hard on your liver. It's hard on your kidney. You know, you go to get a prescription and then it ends up hurting another thing, right? But then when you use cannabis, it takes care of six of those eight to 10 things. And that is extremely dangerous when it comes to you're in the business of trying to treat somebody, not heal somebody, when cannabis can damn near heal somebody. You know, I don't support medical claims. I'm not a doctor. Again, speculation. But, hey, this is just how things go. But honestly, I think it's terrible because what the counties are saying is that they're going to ban it and say that if you have medical marijuana dispensaries in an area, allow them to deliver. Now, I'm thinking, hmm, will that make Florida the delivery, the the cannabis delivery, you know, center of the... No, maybe not. But but I think delivery is going to be a big part of the cannabis industry in Florida once we do have 50-state legalization. But just because we have 50-state legalization or legal federally, we're not going to see every single city adopt the same rules. You know, like sometimes when I go to one part of Florida, they may say that alcohol is stopped served as stopped served or being served at 6 p.m. And why? That's just how the rules are in certain places. However, you go to a certain place in New York City, you can buy liquor anytime you want. So it just matters what city you're in and what their, you know, jurisdiction and ideology is. 
So we'll see how it buckles down, man. We'll see if the states, you know, hold their own and, and, and will still say whether they want to keep cannabis or not, even though it's legal federally. So you may be not going to be arrested for a federal crime, but maybe you'll be arrested for a misdemeanor because you're breaking the law in your state because your state doesn't allow you to have flowers. <coughs> Florida. Anyway, folks, this is me trying to have a, a bit more lighthearted, uh, podcast, you know, try to make it a bit more entertaining because I know that cannabis news can be very repetitive, very dry. Kind of like the guy from Ferris Bueller. And I'm thinking that maybe I'm just, you know, have more fun of this thing. Cause I feel like you guys are listening. You enjoy the topics, but there's not enough to bring you back after a couple episodes. You know, when I, when I look at the statistics, you know, you guys are tuning in, but when it looks for the, you know, the replays or the, you know, you know, the, uh, going down the list of what other episodes I have, it doesn't seem like a lot of you are doing that. So again, if you have any pointers, anything, hit me up in the DM. I won't get offended. I'll enjoy the criticism and have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Chances are you'll hit us on Saturday. Either way, stay tuned and stay high, folks. High TV.